the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Love never inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern-day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly set love, set the captives each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. Now, here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in the studio today with a, uh, how shall I say, an urban master, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but uh, before I before I, I go there, right, because, you know, I, his name and everything is just, you know, taking me into the hip-hop zone. But, you know, a Christian uh, leader that is really exciting to hear from from the other coast, right, across the, across yes. the nation. Yes. But before we go there, I want to take a moment to just give a shout-out to my partner in justice, Miss Benita Hopkins. Hello, everybody. <laughs> We're excited again today. Yeah, yeah. So we have in studio with us today um, a a person that is making some major moves uh, for young people, for people in general, for for those that are in need and and those that um, are really walking alongside him. It looks like he's doing some tremendous work in Tampa, Florida. And we have with us Pastor Tommy, otherwise known as Urban D. How are you doing I'm doing great. Good to be here with you guys today. Yeah, so we're so we're so grateful to have you and and just to give a little bit of your bio here. Twenty years at Crossover Church in Tampa, Florida, mm-hmm. um, leading uh, as a lead pastor for the last fourteen years, and uh, taking your your church body from forty to over a thousand. Uh, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, economically diverse church has become a model. And and it, mm-hmm. and and I heard during, you know, as we were kind of getting ready to come on air here, you shared that, you know, you guys are doing amazing things in the community, like your outreach next week with the young people that are getting ready to go back to school, providing backpacks, mm-hmm. providing haircuts. How many backpacks and haircuts are you going to be providing? Uh, we'll be giving away about a thousand backpacks, wow. school supplies, and probably somewhere around a hundred to hundred and twenty-five haircuts. Wow. Depends how many we can squeeze in in three hours. We have about twenty barbers, uh, and they wow. always try to beat their record from the year before. <laughs> so, wow. 
Yeah, and no nicks, okay? No, no, no nicks. Yeah, <laughs> Don't yeah. scrape nobody up, right? <laughs> it's like a big festival. We have some NFL players coming. Wow. There's going to be bounce houses, Up free food, a yeah. concert, Christian hip-hop concert going on. The gospel is going to be presented. We have areas where people can get prayed for. We have an arts and crafts area, game area, sports zone. So it's like a big party where it's not just, hey, just come get your backpack, peace, mm. see you later. Mm-hmm. No, the people hang out for usually a couple hours, and uh, it's just an awesome event. And so kind of underneath all this goodness that you're doing with the community, you also um, are a rapper, a, a Christian rapper, and mm-hmm. you have eight full-length um, albums and, and several remix projects. And, and, and is that kind of where this whole thing started? Did you start in hip-hop or did you start as a pastor? How did it all come together? Yeah, well, I grew up in Philly, so hip-hop was mm-hmm. always my genre of music, my <laughs> thing that I loved. I was into it ever since I was a little kid with breakdancing and rapping and graffiti and all that stuff. Um, and so I became older, Oh, so you think you're you cool. Know. You think you're cool then. That's what I'm hearing. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm hearing that Urban D think he cool. And Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, yeah. so so in Philly, and by the way, I'm from Pennsylvania, Reading. So, uh, yay. Okay, okay, okay. So so started off in that, but were you in the, in the church or were you Kind of, I was in the church. My dad's a pastor, so I was, okay. you know, a PK, pastor. Ah, so okay. I, I wasn't really living it fully during some of my teenage years. The Lord yeah. Yeah. put his hand on me and brought me back, and then I felt a call to go into ministry when I was in college, and that's when I really started uh, rapping for God and doing a ministry in school. When I was in college, I, we would go into juvenile detention centers and do outreaches, and so as a result of that, um, I started recording independently when I started as the youth pastor here at Crossover, and one thing led to another. Eventually, I got signed. I wasn't even trying to get signed, but I got signed under the condition, my condition of saying I still want to, my main thing is the youth ministry here in Tampa. Mm. I want to be in control of my touring schedule. Mm-hmm. So I've always been able to balance the two, and now fast forward to today, um, I'm not rapping as much as I used to. I'm more, I'm speaking more, I'm training, I'm consulting, I'm doing workshops. Still rap, though. You know, that's a tool in my tool belt. I'll probably be rapping until I die. Uh, but, you know, a lot of other people are rapping, so God's using me in a number of, of different ways. But, uh, you know, rapping's still a, a major connection with people. Yeah. So and I see that you're kind of using that as a springboard to reach leaders. So 5000 leaders have been trained in your Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Conference. Is that yeah. a place where people get to come and kind of bring rhymes and 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 but also, uh, you know, hear uh, about how to be youth pastors or how do how do you integrate yeah, it's, that? It's an urban leadership conference. So okay. there's a variety of people that come to it. a lot of pastors come, church planters. Uh, people that are leaders in their church, whether they do kids' ministry or youth ministry or outreach. Uh, and then a lot of artists come as well. We have a workshop track specifically even just for artists, and we have one for youth ministry, one for outreach, one for community development, a number of different things that we have. And then, of course, we have general sessions where everyone's together. And then Friday and Saturday evening, we have two big concerts, and we have some of the top names you know, in Christian hip-hop that are there. And we do a big outreach together on Saturday afternoon. So people, we learn all weekend, but then we're going to go and put it in action and serve together. Um, so the next Flavor Fest is going to be in October of 2018. Okay. So we went to a biannual model. So it's like every two years, everybody comes together, and, man, we just get it in. And That's where? Beautiful. 
Where do you at, have that? In, at our church in Tampa, Florida. Oh, it's there the at your church. Okay. Because okay. that's kind of sounds like how we met at the yeah, Urban Youth Workers Institute. To, you know, Urban Youth Workers event, but it's not just focused on youth ministry. It's really gotcha. on church, gotcha. you know, church leadership in the urban context. Cool. So, and Urban Youth Workers partners with us, and right. they actually lead the youth ministry track. So I bet. They've been doing that with us for about, I think, about five or six years. Okay. So this is just beautiful. And, um, you know, the fact that God has uh, given you so much creativity to create magazines, to create these forums, to uh, create books, uh, books yeah. to minister to thousands. What do you think of that? What, what, what's it about you that 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 God has chosen you and he's resting on you in that way? Yeah, I mean, I'm I sometimes when I step back, like moments like this where I'm I don't go around talking about myself all the time, but, you know, you get to reflect a little bit, and I'm like, wow, this kid from Philly that grew up, you know, in a small church, you know, never would have imagined I would be, you know, doing the things that I'm doing today. I I never even got on a plane until I was 19 years old. Now I'm on a plane, like, several times a month, traveling all over the place. I would have never imagined I have a a lifestyle like this where, you know, I'd be, be able to touch so many people and see so many different places and let God use me in, in ways that is uniquely me. Because yeah. I used to kind of think, oh, if I become a Christian and I really like, I'm all in, like, I got to wear a suit and a tie. I got to be like my dad. I gotta, that's not really me. When, you know, as I committed my life to Christ, I began to learn like, oh, I, I can be me. God created me with this unique shape and gave me these unique passions and skills and life experience to be able to run a certain lane. And yeah. so anybody out there that's listening right now, like you have a lane and yes. God's created you in a unique way with a unique DNA that nobody else has your fingerprint and your calling on this planet. He's got some stuff uniquely for you to do. Amen. That was Amen. good. Amen. Woo! Preach it, brother. Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, so, so when we come back, I, I want to... Um, I want to come back to your upbringing and also I want to talk a little bit about your beautiful wife, Lucy, and your daughters, Diana and Sophia, and just kind of how they weave into everything that you're doing because family is so important, right? And so, um, so when we come back, we'll hear more from Pastor Tommy and thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in the studio today with Pastor Tommy, otherwise known as Urban D. And uh, we are hearing about his amazing ministry over there, uh, Crossover Church in Tampa, Florida. And one of the things that jumped out, and I think this, I, I like um, just hearing about your story and, and, and maybe your path um, to where you are today, 2007, you authored a book called Unorthodoxed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tell me, uh, is, is that kind of, it seems like your story has, uh, you had to give yourself enough space to not be your dad as a PK yeah. and to do things a little bit differently than the church you grew up in. Um, but you had that strong foundation. Tell me how you you uh, dealt with that transformation. Yeah, definitely. So when I first went to Bible college, you know, I was listening to, to hip-hop. I was all into that. And 
I started getting serious with God, and I felt like, okay, well, I'm going to put the mic down. I'm going to stop listening to this music. Maybe I should change the way I dress. And, you know, but I immediately, as I began to think that, God really spoke to me and spoke to me through some other people and said, no, this is like who God made you to be, and God can use you to reach people that a lot of other people can't reach. And so I was even, even as I started getting involved in ministry during that time, there was people that I was able to connect to and reach that other people in those ministries couldn't reach those kids at all. And they're like, we're so glad you're here. You can connect with these kids because you relate to them. And you. And suddenly I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I can do this. Like, this is what I'm called to do, to reach this crowd that maybe, you know, the more traditional church can't reach, um, the more churches that do it in a more orthodox way. And my theology and doctrine is orthodox, but the way that I do it is unorthodox. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like how we came up with the title for that book. And then another little twist is um, I'm part Greek. And so my family is actually, you know, my family, I came from Greece. Some of them were actually Greek Orthodox, but then they became Christian. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like that, you know, second generation of being like, you know, the first Christians in our family line. So there's a lot of unique things that I kind of tied into the whole unorthodox title. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And, you know, I, 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 it's, it's, so I'm actually married, I'm first lady of New, New Hope Christian Fellowship, married to uh, Pastor Timothy Russell. And, okay. and, uh, and uh, we, you know, there's that, always that thought process going on for me because of my background you know, how do I get to be in this club, the first lady yeah. club? Because I, I don't I'm come the first lady now. What? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't come from that stereotypical yeah. background. And so it's like, OK, God, what did you how did how is it that you came to assign me to this thing where I feel like there's a pressure to be look a certain way, behave a certain way, <laughs> do things a certain way? And, um, and, and, and it, it, the Lord just keeps bringing me, me back to who did I create you to be? Mm-hmm. Then, then just be, be who I told you to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's no good thing in us. Mm-hmm. So I do everything. I put your hand to work on everything and I make mm-hmm. it grow. And so just, just submit to me as I do the work. And, and, and sometimes we get in our own way with all these formalities mm-hmm. And all these expectations and all these these world systems that we have to, uh, you know, ab- adhere to, adhere yeah. to. Yeah. And, and, and we disturb the, the excellence mm. that God wants to, you know, to 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 use us for. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so it, it, I'm just so glad that you've submitted to the Lord in what you're doing now. Now, you know that we work with youth um and young people and, and adults that are um, oftentimes as just kind of uh, living in, in poverty, living with a great deal of vulnerability, foster youth, system involved, no home, no fa- fathers in the home. We work with all, all youth and from all walks of life. But a lot of the people that are being impacted by human trafficking in the U.S. have some of those vulnerabilities that I just mentioned. And I yeah. would imagine you come across that quite a bit in the, you know, in your role. Um, have you had any experiences with survivors of human trafficking and, and what's your, what are your thoughts and what is God putting on your heart as you, as that unfolds? Yeah, it's, it's really cool because we are located, you know, in the heart of an urban neighborhood here in Tampa and this neighborhood's nicknamed suitcase city. 
because of its transient nature. And a block west of us is this street called Nebraska Avenue, which is notorious for prostitution. Mm -hmm. There's several, you know, strip clubs along there. And they're not the nice strip clubs. They're like the hood ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when we did our Love Our City Week, which I know we're going to talk about probably a little more in a little bit, but one of the projects we had, which wasn't even available to sign up for, was just handpicked. We had several women, including my wife was one of them, uh, went to the strip clubs and they had gift bags for all the, the, the dancers and just, you know, loved on them, asked them if they wanted prayer, just talked to them, had some great conversations with them. And we've had many people come through the doors here on a regular basis that are mm-hmm. currently in that lifestyle or desiring to get out of it. Yeah. And so there's a couple ladies in the church that have had a desire to really do something. Uh, and one of our uh, elders in the church, he's a business leader and has a successful business. And uh, instead of him like, hey, let me get a bigger house and a, another better car and another, like him and his wife went ahead and bought a house in the neighborhood right here by the church. Like it's literally a few blocks away and houses are cheap in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So they bought this house for a great price and they're putting a bunch of money into remodeling it right now. And it's going to be called Chosen Treasures and it's going to be specifically for women getting out of human trafficking. So it's kind of like a transition type of house, helping women get back on their feet. And those women will be required to be plugged in here at the church and with the women's ministry here, which is called Chosen, which my wife runs. And so a lot of really cool things are happening. It's like we have uh, raising up from within like a bunch of social entrepreneurs. You know, they want to do justice uh, with the gospel included, of course, but they're thinking entrepreneurially, and they're putting yeah. money into that. They're looking for grants. They're raising money. They're putting their own capital into it, yep. and it's just really exciting because it all still fits under the umbrella of what our church is about and what mm-hmm. we do. So that's that's one cool story. You are yeah. a great example. That's the example we are trying to do here with yeah. churches in the area. Yeah. And that's a great example that you put all the pieces together, yeah. what we need to do. Absolutely. Across this nation. Yes. Yes. Definitely. We, I think if, if we could get each church to um, just sponsor a home mm-hmm. with yeah. four, four beds, mm-hmm. um, we would, things would just turn on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We would take a chunk out of the enemy's plan like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and let me just say, it's not for faint of heart. So we've been doing, <laughs> uh, we have opened four houses for women and children. And we currently have two houses uh, two houses uh, open at the moment and uh, did that over the last two years. And we've learned a tremendous amount in doing that. So I wanted to put out we to you. We connect with you guys. Yeah, yes, we do. Lots of questions that the ladies have. And they're talking to some different ministries and trying to we learn. We can answer them. Can. That's for sure. Yeah, what we've designed, and we're actually um, in conversation with uh, another organization called the Geneva Project out of... Um, out of Georgia, but we've designed a residential um, uh, human trafficking home uh, training program, and okay. it's about six hours. And um, we'd love to talk to you about that. It basically does the, you know, human trafficking one hundred and one for them, uh, for your workers, your staff, um, mm-hmm. and, and then it does a um, a mental health component for two hours, so you understand the mental health uh, pieces. 
and then the, another two hours on safety protocols. Mm-hmm. And that <clears throat> that piece, I think people underestimate that mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I find like <clears throat> domestic violence shelters are say, you know, they'll say, and I've I've talked to many of them. So I'm not saying this for my I'm not saying this for myself. I've talked to many DV shelters that said, oh, we just started taking human trafficking survivors, not realizing the safety element that we brought into our our program. Mm -hmm. And we've had to shift things around and it's created a lot of chaos. As a matter of fact, some of the people that are in the life starting to recruit some of the people that Mm -hmm. are there for DV restoration. And so. There's just mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff that you have to think about. Yeah, you got to be. You can't be naive. You no, be very street smart, aware, yep. all that. Yeah. yeah. So when we come back, I want to talk about your Love Our City campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, we too have a, a similar campaign. It's our prayer. Um, it's our community prayer um, initiative called Not My City, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. talking about we're, we're taking back our city yeah, from from human allowed, trafficking. Not allow that in my city. Yeah, that's right. yeah. So so, but I I love the love our city because yeah. that's all about we're all about that. And, and so so when we come back, we're going to hear from Pastor Tommy and, and about love our city. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in studio today with Pastor Tommy, a.k.a. Urban D, a.k.a. Pastor T, <laughs> husband, <laughs> father. What else? We What other aliases do we have? Rapper. Rapper. Author. Yeah. Coach. Cool dude. <laughs> Coach. Author, cool dude. Yeah. Used to be barber. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so 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 just shout out for my dad, uh, Stoney. Um, he has a barbershop in Reading. That's mm. been, that's our lineage is uh, uh, all my brothers are barbers. And, I never uh, knew that. And if you think of like an old school, typical African-American, like, Barbershop, <laughs> that's what we got. <laughs> wow. Come in and we'll serve you up a, a nice little packet of fried chicken. And <laughs> wow. wow. And uh, you will get talked about. No. <laughs> wow. wow. So it's, 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 it's interesting because it started out in the house and then it moved into an actual um, shop. And I'm really proud of my, my dad and, my brothers for, um, you know, uh, my dad didn't graduate from high school and that's what he has uh, earned an income on he all these years. He found his gift. Yeah. And he's using it. He's using it. Which is what we, you know, what I heard Pastor Tommy say, that's what we say all the time. Pastor Tommy, you're just, you're the amen corner here today. Yeah. Because we always tell people sure. to find what they have. Yeah. In yep. their hands, in yeah. their toolbox, as you called it. And use it. Take yeah. it out. Use it. Yeah, that's one of the things Regina used to say, and it's just been coming up for me so much. As she's always said, Regina Evans is a, one of the leaders in this fight over in Oakland, and and she's the CEO and, and founder of Regina's Door, and she's always said, what's in your hand? Mm. And I just love that. That's been coming up for me quite mm. a bit lately, and just just thinking about what's mm. in your hand that God has given you. Mm. Now, here's what we got to do, Pastor. 
we need to get my daddy down to you <laughs> so he can go get saved in one of your chairs. No. <laughs> so you can tell him he's coming down to barber. <laughs> like when they're in your chair, that mm-hmm. man, you got a captive audience. Yes. Some great ministry that happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're their counselor. You're their, like, people open up and tell you all kinds of stuff when they're sitting in your chair. Yes. That's right. And it's so needed in the community. Yeah, yeah, and then you can be like touching them and praying in private too. Yep. Just touch and pray. And a razor in your hand. <laughs> no, no. Benita with a razor. Act Just right, okay? <laughs> okay. So 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 tell us about Love Our City. What's it about? Well, Love Our City, really, I mean, we've been doing it in so many different ways mm. through outreaches and the stuff we do all the time. It's evangelism is really in our DNA of our church because it's in it's in my DNA. It's something I'm big on, I'm excited about. And so we're always talking about that. And, you know, any any church you go to, you're going to take on some of the traits of the leaders, if you know, leadership there, if you're really, you know, part of it and you're plugged in. But I uh, was dreaming about this thing last year of saying, you know what, I want us to just do like an entire week where we just do all these outreaches in one week, like all these community service projects. Mm-hmm. And we've done a lot throughout the year at different points, but like just having one week where we just have a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's been some other churches that have done similar things, but we wanted to put a different twist to it. And that was really where we're the ones. So we're not going with some other organization and doing something with them. Like we're coming and just saying, hey, we want to do all these random acts of kindness and appreciate people. So we live in a very diverse um, district here. Uh, there's there's poverty. There, there's yet there's college students because there's mm-hmm. a big USF University right, right up the street, University of South Florida, 45,000 students. There's uh, some big hospitals. There's Bush Gardens, big theme parks. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very diverse in this district. You have business people, homeless people, single moms, people in poverty, college students, everything in between, black, white, brown, young, old, rich, poor, middle class. So we said, man, we want to do a bunch of projects that touch all these different people groups, all these different tribes right here in our neighborhood within like a two-mile radius of us. So we just put this board up, and our leadership team just started coming up with ideas of things to do. So some of uh, the events we did were over on the college campus. We gave out free food. You know, college students love free food. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But then some of them were, we were going to the local laundromats in the neighborhood. We would show up and pay for everybody's laundry. You know, uh, we would show up at over 600 homes, knock on the door. We called it Knock Knock Groceries, and we would have a bag of groceries. Like, hey, we brought you groceries. For what? This is Love Our City Week. You know, we all had the shirts on. They're like, oh, okay. You know, knocking on the door with pizza. You know, we brought you pizza. Oh, for real? Oh, thank you. Other people started looking out their apartment doors. Oh, you got some more pizza for me? You know, yeah, we got you. You know. Uh, show up at the movie theaters. We bought everybody's movie tickets. We showed up at the gas station. We had $10 gift cards for everyone's mm-hmm. gas. We showed up at Starbucks. We bought everybody's coffee for an hour. Well, people at Starbucks, they probably didn't need us to buy their coffee, but we just wanted to mm-hmm. randomly show them this act of kindness and, and love on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we showed up at the fire department, the police departments mm-hmm. with gift bags. We had breakfast for them or lunch for them. And, of course, we coordinated that with all these different businesses and organizations that say, hey, we're coming in. Uh, went to the mall up the block and 45 employees they have that work for the mall and we bought them all gift bags. And they were just like blown away. Like nobody ever 
brought us gift bags. It was like the maintenance people, like they clean the toilets. Mm-hmm. They're getting a gift bag with like a $5 gift card in it and, a, you know, a pack of gum and a note in it and mm-hmm. some candy bars. And they're just like, wow. What? So yeah. Let me tell you one quick cool story. So there was a family that lives in the neighborhood, Hispanic family, and the mom was like, the mother was like, man, I don't know where we're going to come up with the rest of the food for the week. We're running really low. Well, we had a bunch of people that showed up and knocked on her door that night and brought her a bag of groceries. And so her husband got home from work that night. He was like, wow, like this is where to get the groceries from. She told the story and he was like, wow, that's great. Well, he worked at the mall. So the next day he went to work and we showed up again there uh, with uh, this gift bag for him. So since then, him and his family have been at church like all the time. Amen. Um, They're just like, we got to go check that church out. Mm. And there's just so many stories like that of people that were touched. Mm -hmm. And even till today, like it was months ago, but there's still new people stepping in the doors. Like, oh, yeah, we heard about it through that Love Our City thing. Yeah. You know, we touched literally over 10,000 people that week because we had over 70 projects and we had 600, over 600 people that served that week. So it was just, it made a huge impact and a ripple effect, you know, in our community. Wow. Okay. So I have got service envy right now. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm sleeping. I am, I am not. You I'm, can picture me in his workshop, yeah, man. Yeah. I was about to go crazy. Yeah, like, this is our staff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But, oh my gosh. I'm just like, I know I'm, I know Lord, the Lord has done something to me because I get so excited about this kind of thing and knowing yeah. and I can just visualize the faces of the people mm-hmm. and people weeping yeah. and people like just, you know, I, you know, I can imagine people having just prayed or said, if you're real, God, come, mm-hmm. you yep. know, send somebody and here you come, you mm-hmm. know, um, and just, you know, the whole notion, something that really troubles me and the Lord has really been dealing with me. Uh, he's been preparing me to speak about this um, in 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 an upcoming sermon about um, how our agendas actually come, you know, get in the way of us noticing people in our midst mm-hmm. and, um, and you going to the mall to actually love on somebody who's the maintenance there. Yeah. That's like, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do, do we take the time to see, the people that mm-hmm. make sure that the facilities that we work in mm-hmm. and that we attend are clean mm-hmm. to showing them value, letting them know that yes. they are, they ha- are seen. Right. right. And the beauty I love about it, you shared how um, the corporate community came together yeah. to help yeah. you guys put all this together, you know, that it didn't require, you know, your church uh, breaking their bank to do it. Yeah that you guys were allowed, you know, your community rose up around you to help. Yeah. And so one of the things that I, I'm going to, I'm going to go to break. And when I come back, I want to talk about your, the infrastructure that it mm. takes and how you've been sure. able to, you know, make those connections with um, the folks in your community and get them to support you as a church, because quite frankly, it's often challenging mm-hmm. when you're a, a, an organization of faith to get corporations to support you. Also, I'm looking at a beautiful picture of you and your wife, Lucy, and your two beautiful girls. And um, wow, you're you're a lucky man, huh? (laughs) They are just beautiful. Um, And so 
Um, what a wonderful family. And so I do want to give a shout out to Lucy because she must mm-hmm. be really holding you down to be able to do all of this. I know as a pastor's wife, it gets tough out there. So I want to, I want to take a moment to kind of, when we talk about infrastructure, the infrastructure of your house, right? So Mm -hmm. when we come back, we will hear some more from Pastor Tommy. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So tell me, Pastor Tommy, tell me about Lucy and the girls. Yes, well, Lucy and I have been married now for 21 years. Wow. Wow. And And I can honestly say, like, she is my best friend. She's my partner. I mean, like, we get along great, uh, and we have a healthy marriage. I mean, the first couple years are always, you know, you're learning each other. You're having to learn to compromise on some things, and, you know, but we've been together over two decades now, and she has just been there by my side. She's been amazing. I've watched her grow in so many ways, and and husbands that are out there, like, that's your, as a spiritual leader, that's your job to help your spouse grow and push them in some ways. And at the same time, like, she's pushed me in a lot of ways and brought out the best in me um, in, in so many different ways. And she was patient with me when I was, you know, a knucklehead at different mm-hmm. times. Um, but she, you know, she is very involved here at the church. She works here as well. She does women's ministry and administration. And she teaches some classes. She occasionally preaches probably a couple of times a year. Um, she's developed into a really great communicator and speaker, and God uses her to, mm. to touch a lot of women, and, and she's great at home. She can cook. She's Boricua. She's Puerto Rican. So, All right, you know, now. Uh, cooking is unfortunately seems to be like a lost art with a lot of people nowadays, mm-hmm. um, but this girl can cook. So <laughs> oh, that's takes, good. She takes care of me. Good. And we got two beautiful daughters, Diana and Sophia. They are um, entering high school, my oldest, Diana. And my youngest is entering middle school this wow. year and uh, sixth grade. So, All right, Papa. Yeah, so pray for a brother. I'm looking, <laughs> looking for a gun. Uh-huh. Coming around. I wasn't going to gonna say it. Range. I'm in the gym working out. <laughs> right when we get done this interview, i got to go to the gym. I'm trying to bulk up even bigger. i got to keep got to scare the boys a little bit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that's real, you know, yes. you got to, and uh, you know, I mean, that's funny about the gun, but I mean, really just having that insight mm. about yeah. what the young people are experiencing. I, I was telling, uh, I was doing a class uh, yesterday with a rotary club and I was explaining how I let my nine-year-old uh, hop on her dad's phone and install Tango with my, uh, with my email address so that she and I could video chat, you know, periodically. Mm-hmm. And uh, her not knowing what she was doing, nine years old, she actually um, pressed a button and sent out a message to all these random st- strangers that said, do you want a tango? Oh, Barla. And, <laughs> and, and, and it had my picture on it uh, because it was my email address. Yeah, right, right. 
And they were coming back going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, wow. What's all that about? Yeah, and my husband's like, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> so, so I'm having to go back and say, I'm sorry, my daughter played on my phone, you know, to like all these different people. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, had I not been there paying attention, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how many times is our, our children just clicking a button innocently? Yeah. And being pulled into something that they yep. have no capacity to, to manage. I mean, right. what if she started corresponding? She doesn't know that a guy is seeing my picture and saying, yeah, I want to tango. And she comes back and says, who's this? Oh, well, it's so-and-so. And they start corresponding. That absolutely can happen. Mm-hmm. And it happens yeah. you know? way more than we can imagine. Yeah. yeah. And so it's those you little some boundaries. Up. boundaries. Yeah, we bought this thing called the circle and it controls all the devices in our house. Mm-hmm. And so we can limit mm-hmm. um, the amount of time that they're on each app. That's great. So if they're on, if my oldest, if she's on Instagram or Snapchat, she has only a small limited amount of time every day she's allowed to be on there. And then it blocks anything that's inappropriate content. Oh, that's great. great. Websites or YouTube or anything. So that's been, that's been helpful. And the Wi-Fi, like, automatically turns off every night, like at 9 p.m. Mm. So we're not fighting with them when it's bedtime, like, hey, get off your phone. Oh, mm. oh one more. I got to do one more thing, you know. Mm. No, like it automatically shuts down. They know it's shutting down at 9 o'clock. Boom. Wow. That's cool. So that's been a good investment for us. That is, for real. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, so, so that's what's going on at home, and it sounds like you guys have got it, you know, put, held down pretty well there in terms of understanding these different points that may you know try to infiltrate right yeah, the boundaries that you put up but learning. <laughs> and so what do you, you know. do at church do you have a huge team of people that is helping you to um you know bring forth all of this yeah. blessing and yeah so we don't have a huge staff you know we uh we're understaffed for the size of the church we are but when you're in more of a economically diverse urban ministry mm-hmm. um you don't have maybe as big of a budget as a suburban church has um, but, man, we heavily rely on volunteers. Mm-hmm. So on any given day you come up here, there's always a team of volunteers that's doing something, mm-hmm. especially, like, if we have an event coming up. So, like, back-to-school jams coming up. And there was, like, 20 volunteers up here yesterday sorting items, getting them ready to stuff the backpacks. And there's there's always something that we're trying to keep people engaged in. So we regularly have at least – probably about 250-plus people that serve every month on a regular basis in a ministry. And then, obviously, when we do events like Love Our City Week or Back to School Jam, we'll have a couple hundred more people that will get engaged. And then many times they get a taste of serving, and they're like, man, I want to do this regularly. Um, but, but on our staff, you know, all of us wear multiple hats, and we do have someone that was uh, directly over Love Our City, and she's over, like, all basically our events coordinator. And she does a great job. That's like her sweet spot. She loves planning events and building teams and getting people involved and coordinating everything and working with um, sponsors and all the ordering things, all the different details that need to happen. And so uh, she's really, she does a great job with that. That's her name is awesome. Lily. Oh, wonderful. Well, shout out to her because mm-hmm. yeah. that, that work, um, sometimes thankless, but boy, it, easy. it produces the most mm. beautiful uh, yeah. fruit. And and so thank you uh, to her and to you for entrusting her uh, with that vision. And, um, and then, you know, 
just thinking about some of the things that are coming in the future, you said that Love Our City, you're actually writing a book about it and and uh, you know, you 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 feel it sounded like you have there's more that you want to do there. Tell, yeah. Can you tell us so a little bit about that? I'm going to book for it right now because since we did it and I put a lot of stuff on social media, I had so many people that were contacting me about it. Like, how'd you do it? You know, I want to learn from you. I want to pick your brain. I want to, you know, and then I did a couple of workshops at Urban Youth Workers Institute and at this conference called Exponential. And then I've met with several different churches. And so out of that, I felt like God really speaking like, no, this is your next book. Yeah. Because you, you can really, because we did a series called Love Our City. So I already had all this content, you know, to put into the book and then talk about what we did. And so the book is going to come out. It looks like it's going to be in the fall of 2018. And we're going to create a website as well that will give other churches the tools for free mm. where you could look at what we did and you can scale it up or scale it down or do it with your small group or, you know, um, there'll be stuff on there, some devotionals that we'll have for every single day. Uh, so for seven days, we're going to do seven devotionals, some video devotionals. Uh, we're going to have a fundraising kit on there and share like what what we did to raise money internally because we did raise some money from the church. Mm-hmm. We took a special offering, but then we also had community partners and businesses and organizations that partnered with us as well. And like, so how did we do that? How much time did we, you know, did we need to put the put that into place? And so all that stuff we're going to have available that other churches can look at it. Because here's the bottom line, like the church as a whole in America doesn't have a great reputation. Yes. And and our mm-hmm. country is more divided than ever with racism, with discrimination, with just hatred, with, with all this politics. And like the last year or so, we've seen it get more fractured than ever. Mm-hmm. And the church, as believers, we're supposed to be agents of reconciliation. I mean, that's our, that's our goal. That's our mission. That's what the Bible tells us. Um, but many times we're not even invited to the table when it comes to topics about reconciliation, because most churches, I'm not throwing them under the bus, but a lot of churches haven't been engaged in their community, and many churches are segregated. And so when there's all these problems in the community, many times the culture is no longer coming to the church saying, what can y'all do? Because we're, we seem to be irrelevant. Right. So I think something like Love Our City, the big reason why we have corporations and, and like Hillsborough County came here yesterday with a truck and dropped off school supplies. That's, like our county. That's great. Our wow. County, one of our county commissioners is coming yeah. to the event. He's going to speak. We've got NFL players coming. Wow. Why does that happen? It happens because of reputation. Yes. Yeah. So this isn't the first time we've did this. This is the eighth year. Right. So we've been doing this for a long time. And at first, nobody was really noticing that much. Hmm. But as we kept doing it and mm-hmm. doing it, it was getting bigger and bigger. You know, more and more people wanted to jump on board, and mm-hmm. we're calling people. We're let, we're partnering with them, and you know. So as a result of that, now I sit on several different boards mm-hmm. in the community and in the city. Um, I'm friends with a lot of different leaders of companies and the mayor, and yeah, like everyone mm-hmm. knows who we are now. That didn't happen overnight. It takes time, but it happened because we we're loving people, and we also did it in a way that wasn't very, I don't know how else to say it, wasn't very churchy, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm walking into those meetings, and a lot of them don't even realize I'm the pastor at first. And right. they, oh, you're the pastor? Oh, wow. Like, just because of even, you know, we're casual. We're serious about our faith, but we're casual in so many ways. And, you know, a, a lot of times people have this thought or mindset of what a church or a pastor is going to look like or what yep. church leaders are going to look like. Yep. And because we come off so differently, 
uh, man, the doers, and we just love everybody, mm-hmm. and our church is so diverse, and we do all these community events. Like, we've never had one issue where people have complained, well, they're a church, we can't get them to... Now, that may come at some point, <laughs> but because we've just been so loving and always giving, um, God's given us so much favor. Favor. Mm-hmm. That's, that's been really cool. Yeah, just just that love. Amen. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I'd love to uh, plug... Uh, anything that you're working on that you want uh, the listening audience to hear about? You're in awesome. Tampa, but we're on kpax.com. So, it, you know, the you, you can hear the recording live uh, or the, the message live on kpax.com. And you can also do a replay on SoundCloud for those that you may, you know, just promoting your events for the next couple of days. So if you uh, can... Uh, be prepared to give us some of that. That'd be great. And we're going to take a break and come right back. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails today. We are in studio with Pastor Tommy Urban D, and uh, he's with Crossover Church in Tampa, Florida. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for being on here. And awesome. just great to be with you guys. Yeah, just sharing a little bit. Uh, I feel like we got the preview on the book and on everything that <laughs> yeah. you're doing. And um, gosh, I just want to pray a blessing over you mm-hmm. and your wife and your mm-hmm. children and your ministry, God. And I. I just pray, I pray that you would just continue to grow uh, everything that you've put his hand to, God, yes. uh, for your glory, Lord. And I thank you for that. And, and Lord, uh, I just pray that you would place also a hedge of protection over mm-hmm. them, God. And I thank you for thank that. You. So how can people get plugged into what you're doing and learn more? UrbanD.org. It's U-R-B-A-N-D.org. If you're on social media, which most people are, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, it's Urban D eight one three, so it kind of rhymes. Urban D eight one three eight one three is the area code. Got a lot of videos up on my YouTube page, and then if you want to check out our church website, is crossoverchurch.org, and you can watch services online. We stream our three Sunday services live every Sunday, or you can watch them on demand later. We got the links on the website crossoverchurch.org. I'm in a lot of different places online. If you want to look. Awesome. 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 Okay. And then we've got some stuff going on as well. Yes. Thank you so much, Pastor Tommy D. Every Sunday we have a conference prayer line. And next Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, August 6th, we have our monthly Not My City prayer campaign. We have ours in Hayward at um, the city center there in Hayward. You can contact prayer at loveneverfailsus.com. But wherever you are, you can gather groups of people at your city centers and we can all pray for our cities at the same time. Once again, that's praying for your city called Not My City. And also our monthly outreach, street outreach for the month of August will be on the 19th and it will be in the South Bay. So we will be meeting at Gateway Church and you can contact streets at loveneverfailsus.com for more information there. And don't forget our double portion store that supports our houses for trafficked 
um, survivors um, at 22580 Grand Street in Hayward. Come on out and do some shopping. And also donate your career attire. We are opening mm-hmm. our career closet for foster youth and system-involved youth. Would love to have that. Your help there. Also, two events I want to tell you about really quickly. I'll be speaking at an Aglow conference on September 9th from 10 to 12 uh, at Victory Christian Center and also for Bay Area Rescue Mission, uh, 52nd annual uh, event on September 22nd at the Concord Hilton. So come on out and support. Not necessarily me. I would love to see you there. But what these uh, ministries are doing, Aglow, w- wanting to make a difference to address the issue of human trafficking, Bay Area Rescue Mission, wanting to make a, a difference with homeless women and children, mm-hmm. um, actually opening up 114 new units where people can live in Richmond. Really That's awesome. great. Of course, uh, we want to invite you to our website, loveneverfailsus.com, and also uh, be one of the million ways that you can fight human trafficking by donating $1 a month. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you haven't heard it before, we want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.